source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Bob Green. Ooh, yeah. Maha. Maha. Maha, welcome. How goes it, my friend? <laughs> is, that, is that welcome? Is that's that like Hawaiian? Yeah. Maha. Oh. No. I thought no. it was Mahalo. What's that's, Mahalo? Yeah. I just was making stuff up, dude. I feel kind of funny today. So. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. So what's yeah. happening? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling good, man. Actually, I'm feeling great. I've been doing uh, restorative yoga. I don't know if you do you ever practice yoga? Um, it's been very, very highly uh, suggested to me by many of my uh, doctors or medical professionals. And I've tried to do, I, I do very light. I do do yoga, but I don't get some of those poses it's just absolutely i don't know <laughs> it would be it would be very threatening to try to you know so well, they, they, well they, i'm i'm doing this stuff called restorative yoga and it's not like crazy get your ass in shape type yoga you know like that's all super intense like that it's very you use a lot of pillows and props mm. and it's very gentle but for people with like back issues and stuff and that you know it's it's very relieving because you have no idea like what's atrophying in your body and then you start doing these like simple exercises and you can just feel it like cleaning that out stretching that out and for me for my lower back what i've been doing is working on my hips and my hamstrings and my calves on loosening them up more and it's t- Dude, I've been out. I've been out dancing like three times this week, and I haven't felt a lick of pain. I'm really, you know, the way I sit for this show usually hurts my back. I'm really interested to see if it's going to hurt my back tonight because because um, mm-hmm. the yoga seems to be doing doing a world of difference for me. It like just kind of adjusts you. You get that natural adjustment, that like kind of chiropractic mm-hmm. thing occasionally, and they right. can feel the click 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 click, and you know, and like I don't know, right. it's been good. So yeah, I'm feeling great. Hey. Um, welcome to the Canvas Agenda, everybody. And, Absolutely, uh, we're stoked. If you've been here before, thank you so much for coming back. For everyone that participates mm-hmm. in emails and calls, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and to all of you that are new, welcome. Uh, what we do here at the Canvas Agenda, we try to basically synthesize, you know, what we think is important within cannabis-related news. Anything. Cannabis, anything we'll get into. Uh, sure. We do some. We do some. Uh, what's it, what's what's that? What's it called again? News, not decon. What's it called? The the deconstruction, agri aggregation. Well, we aggregate stories, but we also find we find a lot of stories that are also where where the mainstream media is, you know, putting some sort of spin on it to make it seem absolutely outrageous, and we we uh, we point them. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, that's kind of what we do too. You, we, we have uh, well, you, you, Jamie likes to call it what we do activistainment. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of our listeners, a lot of our listeners are activists, and um, uh, so um, you know, um, basically that's what we're doing, trying to create a, a community here of uh, intelligent discussion amongst each other to to be able to you know communicate efficiently about what's going on in um in the cannabis world. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks for checking this us. This is out. the whole world, thankfully. It is. It mm-hmm. is. 
What's uh, on the agenda today, Jamie? Oh, man, we have a ginormous show today. We're going to try to uh, mix things up a little bit and uh, how we perform this thing. Uh, I think we're going to try to spend a little bit less time uh, in-depthly on some of the stories. I think next week we'll probably cut down a few stories and try to give a, make sure we preserve the ability to discuss things a little bit deeper. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of monkeying around with things. And it's you guys organic. Let us know what you think. It's yeah, organic. Yeah. You know, we just want to make it the most tolerable, most enjoyable, and most informative it can be. You know, all those things are kind of different in some, uh, to some degree, and we want to make a balance between those three things. So we're working on that. Let us know what you think, uh, if you're digging how we're doing it, and, and today's show, because it'll be a little bit different. Here's some of the stories we have for today. L.A. City Council, more craziness with those guys. Maybe even more crazy than L.A. City Council at Long Beach Council, uh, City Council meeting. Um, we have some clips from uh, both of those places. Uh, going over to Rocky Mountain High, we're looking at Colorado's bill, uh, HB 111043. Uh, Montana legislature, oh my gosh, that's the, the mayhem hasn't stopped out there. It's kind of chaos. But, you know, they're standing up and the people are getting their act together. They're showing up and uh, giving testimony. We've got some clips um, there's also a DUI bill pending in uh, Montana. I think that's almost scarier than anything else they got going on there. We'll talk about that more in-depthly. Um, today on the cannabis etiquette uh, culture, the defakey. Familiar with that the one? The defakey? No, I've never heard that word. Uh, yeah, we'll talk we'll about get to it, it and explain what we mean. Talk about a little update. I think you got a clip for us uh, from Mark Emery, which is uh, kind of touching. Um, and, you know, disgusting as usual because of his situation. Pot in the Pacific Northwest. Um, looks like Oregon's looking to legalize marijuana. They're going to have a legalization uh, initiative, hopefully, on the ballot, provided they get enough signatures in uh, 2012. Uh, Washington State has pending legislation we've talked about before. We're just going to mention that briefly, but we put the uh, the actual bill uh, or the, you know, the sites from Washington State Legislature on the site for you to access. Uh, Edmonds, Washington, some stuff going on there with their dispensaries. They've got one <laughs> and a moratorium on it. So we'll talk about that. Hawaii, um, you know, there's been some some talk, uh, a lot of discussion on our show about some negative things going down in Hawaii. You know, they're trying to paint it like it's all good, but people like Puna Butter, our inside man there, he's been sending us stuff going, no way, guys, this isn't really what's going down. So today, fortunately, put on your smiles, guys, we have some uh, pretty positive stuff coming out of uh, Hawaii. Um, going to talk about a guy from Ann Arbor who got arrested uh, about 14 years ago for seven marijuana plants. Well, now he wants to be in the marijuana business and they don't want him to be because he has a record. Kind of a screwy situation. Pretty decent guy, it sounds like. We'll talk about him. Um, topics worth barely any of our time. Well, we'll get to that because you know what? Frankly, it's worth barely any of our time. Um, Idaho, can you believe it? We got some really interesting news coming out of Idaho. I'm not even going to tell you what that is yet. You're just going to have to check that out for yourself. It's pretty big stuff. Um, out on the East Coast, New Jersey. It's kind of like the New Jersey thing. It's kind of like... Uh, the Montana thing, just more of the same, oh my gosh, are they ever going to get through this and, and get this thing figured out? So we'll talk about some more of that. We've got a clip to play for you from some testimony out there. Um, what not to do when your girlfriend's throwing plates at you. I don't really know what all that, that one's all about, but we're going to find out about it. Uh, there's a bill uh, to reduce marijuana possession penalties introduced in Illinois. That's a very significant thing going on because it went from 2.5 grams and getting a serious arrest uh, you know, record on your, on your um 
record to uh, over 28 grams, which is going to make a huge difference in the amount of uh, records that people are getting here or people that are getting uh, criminal records here for cannabis. Um, international Weescape got a couple stories. Um, love our international um, listeners for sure. Um, the You've Got to Be Kidding Me segment's got a couple of things. Michael Savage, of all folks, whew, talking about banjos and brains. I don't know. We'll hear what they say. Um, Activision Spotlight. Um, it looks like there's going to be a great thing going on. A uh, big rally at the Capitol. The, that's the United States Capitol um, in uh, Washington, D.C. on 420. So we'll tell you how to get there or who's sponsoring that and how to get more information. Um, uh, brief mention of people are, are really starting to get it. You know, in the last six or eight years, um, it's gone from you, you read these horrible stories, you know, bad mouth and cannabis and how it's so going to rot your brain and all the typical talking points, the nonsensical ones that they use, the prohibitionist mindset. Um, and then the, the responses were just kind of like, hey, man, it's not that bad, you know. But, but within the last six or eight years, people are talking articulately and they know this subject and things are changing. So we're going to mention that, too. That's a good story. Um, Sensi stock update for you. Um, something – this is really good about a sensible mom campaigning for cannabis, you know, kind of the PTA mom type of thing. I love to see that, you know, it just uh, kind of walk in the walk as far as legitimacy goes. Um, from the research bin, a little bit about cannabis and uh, how it could reduce infant mortality in some studies. And I have the study up there for you too. And then uh, a brief nugget of the day, we'll just save that one. It's kind of a surprise at the end. And uh, that's kind of uh, pretty much what we got today. I think there's a clip at the end of the show too, so stick with that one. We'll check with Cogs uh, when we get down the down the road here, away. So that's what we got. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be an awesome agenda. Um, you can follow. Hey, you can follow along um, at our website, by the way, cannabisagenda.com. All the stories we mentioned in the show they're laid out uh, on the the notes for the show. You can just click on them, and it'll take you to the link. Um, to where the stories are. So you can follow any of the stories we're covering right there at canvasagenda.com. Um, also, any of you that want to, you know, uh, communicate with us, email's great. Um, our email is info at canvasagenda.com. Questions, comments, criticisms, ideas, potential interviews, scoops for stories in your area that, that we're not covering, send them to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you via email. Um, also, international. Phone- yeah, international. It- 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. You can call us that way. Hey, we've been having someone trying to call us recently um, from the same number, and you don't leave a voicemail. You, you hang up. Um, we're not going to answer that phone, whoever you are. Um, so that's a voicemail line. If you need to communicate with us and you want to set up a time to talk with us, you need to just give us a buzz or leave us a voicemail and tell us when and how to connect with you so uh, that we can make that work. Um, that's... Uh, that's how the cannabis agenda rolls currently. We don't have a live live screener yet. <laughs> no receptionist here. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, none of that stuff. Um, I never thought of I'll, that. So that's why they were hanging up, you think, because they, they were thinking that we weren't home. <laughs> yeah, right. We just they're, went, uh, they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're not taking orders today. Oh, they're not there. <laughs> Call back later. Maybe yeah. they were a potential <laughs> advertiser. Oh, that'd been nice. Right. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, we could be getting a, a sale. Ooh, maybe that's them. Is he like that? No, Cannabis Agenda, eight. can I help you? <laughs> no, that's an unknown number. I don't know who that's going to be. That You never know who I gave my phone number out to over the last couple nights. So, 
um but uh yeah hey also check us out on itunes you can search for us easily there um in the podcast section cannabis agenda the cannabis agenda's keyword marijuana Ooh, marijuana Mm. or cannabis um whatever you'll find it's really easy subscribe to us on there um then the you know the shows are automatically downloaded to your itunes player it makes it pretty easy wow two calls in a row sorry guys let me turn this phone off um uh yeah uh um, makes it very easy for uh, you guys to stay up to date with the shows as they become current because they're just you know uploaded or downloaded to your player, so they're there for you. Also, we are on Twitter and Facebook, um, so please follow us there and suggest us to your friends as well. Yeah, yo. Uh, yes, please. We got, do. Yeah, we got some emails. Uh, Matt, you should go into this. I don't know what this is about. This is about show file size. What's yeah, going on yeah, there? yeah. So uh, we've, uh, we we mentioned on last week's show that uh, Matt from the Hotbox pod, podcast contacted us uh, regarding the marijuana podcast site. And, uh, he got back to us about our, our show file size. And I guess our, our encoding settings were, we're overdoing it a little bit. Um, our, our last show file size was, uh, I think it was 200 megabytes, which is pretty substantial. <laughs> so anyone that was trying to download that, you know, like wireless, you know, like over the air to their, like, you know, handheld device thing. Um, it would, it might've taken a long time. So, we're going to, with this episode, we're going to try some different uh, encoding settings is what they call them. And um, hopefully, you know, that the quality will actually diminish somewhat, but I don't think uh, our, I don't think you guys will be able to tell at all. Um, if you have any comments about it, please let us know. But uh, I, yeah, I think it'll be a better experience for everyone in general. Mm-hmm. Shooting for the much kinder size. That's right. Got nice. an email from Alex on the M word. Mm. Stop using We've that word. About, We've talked about this t- before. <laughs> we have. We Wait. have before. And I said, I know a word that they shouldn't use. You guys are like, what? And I said, marijuana. Oh, and yeah. Give me a break. Because of the derogative nature of what it, where it came from, the history of that word, we'd invite Alex to chime in, give us a call. We'll talk about it. You can, you can share that history a little bit deeper. Otherwise, you can just Google into it. It started with some negativity, a lot of negativity. It was a derogatory term when it was derived. And that's where I was coming from with my uh, response to that. And then you said something that was very smart, I thought. No, surely not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that we co-opted so. that word we've taken we've re it's been re owned we own it we own it we've reinvented it we've re we've you know we've taken ownership of the word never in my life if i heard the word marijuana and thought anything negative about mexican people or hispanic people or latinos or latinas or anything like that never not once uh in my lifetime that word did not have that that meaning to it, um, 999 people out of the thousand people I know uh, don't think it's a super bad derogatory term and, and choose not to say it. They all use the word marijuana. Now, having said that, I mean, we, you know, I like to mix it up, whatever. Weed, cannabis, pot. We use the word cannabis a lot. We chose the word cannabis for the title of our show. I mean, in a completely politically correct world i guess that we would delete that word because it started off with bad you know intentions and cannabis is the more scientific word 
Um, but you know, I don't know if you've got if you've got some sort of argument as to why currently it's still derog. I mean, like you know, send it to us. I mean, it's similar to the N word, except not even not nearly the the same, really. And um, that's socially access- acceptable. Um, and then for marijuana users, we've we pretty much all believe that the word marijuana is socially acceptable too. So, you got an opinion on it, Alex? Um, please tell us why you think we shouldn't use the word marijuana. But uh, yeah, thanks sure. for listening. We really appreciate yeah. that you listen, and you know we love we love getting to talk about these sorts of things. So um, yeah, and don't yeah. worry, Alex. I'm still kind of on your side there too. So yeah, you're not alone. Hater of love. <laughs> Hater of love, oh. hater of fun, <laughs> hater of hater of fun and normalness. Is that a word? And lover Normal? of cannabis. And hey, we know you guys love cannabis. If you uh, have some kind of questions or comments, please send them in to us. We'd love to hear from you. Very quick mention here of uh, marijuanapodcast.com. It's a new site uh, Matt's put up. And you've got, what, a handful of the what we consider the best uh, cannabis-related podcasts on there. And um, they're all really as soon as they what as soon as they come out on iTunes is that how they get? Uh, yeah, it's um it's based on the site's RSS feed, so they don't necessarily even have to be in iTunes. But as soon as the oh, okay. latest episode comes out, yeah, and they're all right there, and you can just play it from the site. So uh, it's cool. Check it out, marijuanapodcasts dot com. Yo, awesome. California, what's up? What's going on in California? We got a. Yeah, their LA County down there, uh, their council, uh, LA City Council rather, um, has approved a new medical marijuana law, and I believe we have an audio clip to tell us a little bit about it. The debate included testimony from TV personality Montel Williams, who tearfully told the council that he uses marijuana to treat pain from multiple sclerosis. For the last 10 years, from morning till night, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, I have absolute neuropathic pain through my feet, my shins, my side. Williams joined other medical marijuana advocates who urged the city to ease restrictions on pot shops. The city council instead voted to permit 100 shops, striking down a grandfather clause in the old law that allowed as many as 187. Councilman Paul Krikorian. I, for one, am not comfortable with opening it up to the Wild West again. City officials said new pot shops were popping up everywhere since a judge struck down L.A.'s old law last month. As many as a 1,000 operated in the city at one time. Frank Stoltz, 89.3 KPCC. Drama. Oh. So is More L.A. drama. Jeez, they need to figure out what they want to do. Yeah, Seriously. I think they do. Think they Seriously, do. It's, the numbers have gone crazy. Gone crazy. It was, I mean, you know, the 187 was where they started, what they estimated, and then they realized the rules cut it down to like 40 because they made them so strict there could only be 40. And then they were like, well, we want to guarantee that there will at least be like 70. And now the number they are going to let is 100. Cool. Figure it out, LA. Yeah, and Long Beach, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. what's going on, Long Beach? So we've got a clip from uh, Richard Eastman. Do you guys know who this guy is? No, he's a he's an activist from I think he's from SoCal and uh, he's been around the scene for for a while. Um, But he's testifying at the uh, recent Long Beach uh, City Council meeting. And um, it's uh, he's pretty passionate. It's a clip worth listening to. Cool. Let's check it out. Uh, Vice Mayor Lowenthal, City Council of Long Beach, Richard Eastman, 
former HIV-AIDS commissioner for the County of Los Angeles for four years, representing 60,000 people living with AIDS in Los Angeles County. And I was the homeless commissioner. And just sitting here tonight talking, you know, like my, the previous person, my friend Madeline, said, you know, I've come here the last year or year and a half. And Dennis Perone and I, when he wrote Proposition 215 and I worked on SB 40, there was nothing in there about unlawful lotteries where you threw the patients in the garbage can because the balls didn't work in the machines that you spent a lot of money for, or perhaps ordinances that you're bouncing back and forth, uh, which go against federal law because, you know, basically, the catch-22 of marijuana is it's still illegal federally. Mr. Perone, you know, wrote 215, and the voters of California overwhelmingly uh, voted it in in 1996, and I worked on the committee that sort of drafted SB 420 a few years later. But, you know, federal law doesn't really let municipalities overturn the will of the voters or construct their own ordinances or unlawful lotteries. And perhaps what uh, Madeline said, uh, uh, I'm going to be doing too when I go back to Washington, D.C., and also Kamala Harris, the state attorney general. Is there going to be a point where uh, I'm going to be here in Long Beach and maybe need my medical marijuana because um, some of my AIDS drugs made me nauseous, and I'm going to be uh, having a little medical marijuana cigarette discreetly, not near a church or a school, and one of your police officers is going to go, there's a marijuana guy, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to shoot that guy. Are you going to start killing patients? here in Long Beach because they use medical marijuana, like you did that unjustful killing of that man that the mother and her friends and everybody came in here? Or are you going to just let AIDS patients drop dead because you're going to do another lottery and there ain't going to be enough uh, medical marijuana facilities to help people with AIDS and cancer and glaucoma and multiple sclerosis? Well, Mr. Perone, who just got back from a little vacation because, you know, he almost died last year fighting for this cause when we opened the Hotel Normandy, which we didn't do to make money, but to further the cause of medical marijuana, not only in Long Beach, but in hotels or wherever people need it. We're going across this country in the next few months to help President Obama like I did when I went to Denver two years ago. And we're going to go to Chicago, and we're going to Ohio, and we're going to the 15 marijuana states, and we're going to come back here to Long Beach and somewhere along the way, I might have a meeting with the new Attorney General, Camilla Harris, my friend. And somewhere along the way, I might meet with some uh, members of Eric Holder's Justice Department and submit my testimony and submit the facts and the photos that of your unlawful lottery and these ordinances that are trying to put patients like myself under no access to our medicine. Are the police going to shoot me because I'm going to go outside and smoke a little medical marijuana? Mr. Eastman, please Thank you. be respectful. But I just want you to know we're not going away, just like the family said. And you don't want to have riots with, like Rodney King because your police officers are killing people. And believe me, the truth Mr. will set Eastman. us all free. Boom. Yeah, uh, drop the beat. Um, whoa. Somebody yeah. got killed? <laughs> Somebody got killed for smoking a doobie in Long Beach. Did that, did that happen? I don't think. Yeah, we didn't cover that story. I, I was unaware of that one. <laughs> we missed that one. That sucks. I mean, uh, I would almost guarantee you that it's ha happened pretty much anywhere there's medical cannabis, and just about every single place that there's not medical cannabis, somebody's gotten shot for somewhere for you know pot. That's just a regular occurrence. Just for but, smoking uh, it. Um. Oh, yeah. I bet, you know, well, we know that. We know that, that they raid people all the time that aren't even smoking it. <laughs> they don't even know what marijuana is. You know, a lot of yeah. times these people are just ancient and they're sitting in their chair, their, their strata lounger, 
<laughs> thinking about what kind of snack to have, you know? Yeah. Completely sober, and here comes the commandos. So I imagine police forces, you know, all over the place make errors in judgment like that. They, the problem is that they don't often, oftentimes they don't think it's an error in, the, in judgment. And it sucks, and it happens. It's a bummer. It happens, yeah. But uh, it's people like that gentleman right there speaking just like he did, you know? That keeps yeah. it uh, keeps it in the forefront. He does. They do. Um, what's going on in Rocky Mountain High this week, buddy? Yeah, we're taking a quick look at uh, Colorado's uh, legislation. There's a lot of legislation in this show today. Um, as we stated at the beginning, there. Uh, I think we'll just try to uh, breeze over some of this stuff. As you, as always on the program, if you're hearing us talk about any of these uh, stories, they are available to you on the website. So go check it out. We uh, list all of our source material and stuff, so you can read it for yourself more in depthly um, and and better form your own opinion on what we're not not only what we're uh, what they're saying in the stories, but what we're we're uh, talking about in our responses. Um, this one is uh, Colorado's HB 11-1043, and that's Senator Tom Massey's attempt to uh, clean up the mess he helped create during last year's session. Um, according to the intro of the bill, the bill clarifies a number of position, uh, provisions in the Colorado Medical Marijuana Code. Under current law, any person applying for or who has been issued a medical uh, marijuana license is subject to certain residency requirements. This bill narrows the application of the residency requirements to owners only, as defined by the rule of the Department of Revenue. They also touch on uh, medical mar- uh, marijuana-infused products manufacturers. They're limited to having no more than 500 marijuana plants on site unless the manufacturer is granted a waiver. Um, there's several other provisions in this bill. It's pretty uh, extensive. Uh, it looks like it might be a decent uh, change for them. Um, I'll let everybody else check that out for you. And for your convenience, we have listed the actual bill uh, language on there in a link right next to this story. Check it out. Check it. Montana. On up to Montana. What's going on in Montana? Montana legislator legislature has taken the, their first hit. Um, people are fighting back, you know, that uh, we reported before. Representative uh, Sands uh, from House District 95, uh, Diane Sands is her name, um, has proposed uh, House Bill 68 and in her attempts to revise uh, the medical marijuana statute and regulate the industry more. And uh, the public testified at the House Human Services Committee hearing. And we have, uh, I believe, a little clip, if I'm correct. Um, yes, sir. About this. Medical marijuana community takes over the Capitol as the first two major cannabis-related bills are heard this afternoon. That hearing at capacity with parents, law enforcement officials, providers, even patients themselves wanting to make sure their voices were heard. News Channel 5's Casey Drescher has more. No one envisioned that we would see the explosion in the medical marijuana industry that we now have with uh, approximately 29,000 people who have cards. To get a better grasp on that explosion, Democrat Representative Diane Sands, House Bill 68, attempts to revise medical marijuana statute and regulate the industry. Y'all don't have a right to regulate who gets medical care and who doesn't. That's ridiculous. And while both sides agree, the bill has its flaws. We realize that House Bill 68 is not a perfect bill by any means, but it goes a long ways towards uh, helping take care, take care of the mess that we're currently in in Montana. Many medical cannabis users and law enforcement say action is needed. Something had to be done. It did. It does. 
We simply cannot go on this way. While many support the bill's purpose, restrictions and requirements within the measure raise concerns. Please consider that when trying to fix the gray areas in the law, because I realize that there are some, but I also realize that many medical marijuana patients, such as myself, would be cut off from the program. House Bill 68 proposes to medical cannabis users that recommendations from two physicians are required. For sure the two-doctor deal has to be thrown out because so many of these people are on Medi Medicaid, Medicare like I am, and there ain't no way we can afford $300 to go see a doctor. And imposes a set limit on possession amounts and implements background checks. Medical necessity what? should not be related to one's criminal transgressions, nor should safe health care be a last resort. The bill is the result of six months of work and research from an interim committee aimed to find a middle ground. We viewed it as our responsibility, therefore, to try to make it work for the people of Montana. That's what we do as legislators. Reporting from the Capitol, I'm Casey Drescher, News Channel 5. Yeah, that's what you do as legislatures. Uh, no thanks. Take that deal and shove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Take it's it good to see it. these people fight back. You know, you know, one thing I'm getting really, really sick of, hearing uh, seriously uh, medically, uh, I don't know how you would say that, not injured people, but people with serious medical conditions um, giving testimony over and over again. It's amazing. When we were down at Illinois in the, for this last thing we had here, there was a whole group of us that we're all, we're all gimped up. We all have all these problems and everybody's got, you know, all these serious illnesses and somebody goes, whoa, what a group we are, huh? And everybody started laughing. I mean, it just looked like a, a walking freak show, all these people coming in there and people are like, and, and this is what happens to me. And then this, and then the next person gets up and they're like, and I have a big problem with this in this and they're explaining their situation it's just like oh i can't believe but yeah it. we want so for you we need to you need two recommendations we need to do a yeah. background check but if you want to yep. if you want to do oxycontin psh, you know it's all good and then it's they marijuana. stand up and i'm I, it's not always i'm just but i'm just saying usually it just happens to be a republican person <laughs> that stands up and goes, this isn't about medicine. This isn't about personal medical care or well-being of people that need help. This is about, this is dope. about dope smoking hippies <laughs> that ate too much acid. Come on. <laughs> right. right. Well, you know, Montana's got more to, more to worry about with their mar medical marijuana legislation right now. There's a DUI bill pending right there uh, yeah, right now in uh, uh, Montana as well. That is House Bill 33. And it's facing stark opposition from medical marijuana community. I believe we have a clip of this one also. State lawmakers are looking at a list of DUI-related bills this week. The bills seek to crack down on drunk driving through stricter punishment for the crime. The news station's Dan Boyce says one, House Bill 33, is facing stark opposition from the medical marijuana community. Dan. Donna, the language of the bill reads, it is unlawful and punishable for any person to drive while there is any dangerous drug in the person's body. Prescription uh. drugs are exempt from the bill, but executive director of the Montana Medical Growers Association, Jim Gingery, says medical marijuana is recommended rather than prescribed, so it fits this definition of dangerous drug. Would mean that any Jesus. medical cannabis patient in the state would not be able to drive ever. Gingery says cannabis remains in someone's system for almost a month, yet he says the impairing side effects of marijuana wear off in a few hours after use. 
Dr. Catherine Borgenicht works in geriatric medicine and palliative care at Bozeman Deaconess Hospital. Some of her patients use cannabis, and when I said the medical marijuana community is concerned with this bill, she said they should be. Because I think that means that they could be pulled over and um, uh, given a ticket and penalized for using something that is actually helping their medical condition, and I think that's a problem. Republican Representative mm -hmm. Ken Peterson is sponsoring House Bill 33. He says he does not believe medical marijuana advocates are interpreting the bill correctly. If there's no probable cause to believe that they are impaired, they won't be charged. Do you think that that's something that you would be open to specifying in a potential amendment to the bill? No. No. Now, Gingery says this may be a backdoor attempt to block the use of medical cannabis. Representative Peterson is a vocal supporter for repealing the Montana Medical Marijuana Act. In Bozeman, I'm Dan Boyce from Montana's news station. No pot smoke, no med pot no. smoker can drive That's psycho. Yeah. Can you imagine? But, but um, uh, prescription drugs are being exempted. They're being exempted. Because oxycotton is cool. It's <laughs> cool. You know what's not cool? The defakey. The defakey. What the hell is the defakey? The defakey, is this time for cannabis etiquette? I, I, did, I sense that this is a cannabis etiquette section because I know what the defakey is. Well, you know what? We were talking about this a little bit earlier. The defakey has kind of two, two things to it. But basically what that comes down to is you should never say anything definitely that's in a definite way, in a definite uh, kind of connotation uh, about cannabis if it's not real. Like, don't go, dude, I get this great, great bud. You want some? And then they go, really? You've got that strain? Oh, that's so hard to find. That's great, man. Bring it over. And then they're like, oh, dude, I couldn't get it. <laughs> I was like, why'd you tell me I had, you had it or to ask me if I wanted some if we did you know? That's kind of a bad deal. But you said something else about the fakey. Um, uh, they tell you oh, that this they've got, the bomb. They tell yeah. you they got bomb weed and they bring it and it's not bomb. Not bomb. Yeah. It's the happens. greatest. Oh, check it out. And you're like, happens uh, a lot around here. A whole lot, you know. But then I the recognize case. there's people out there that don't, there's people out there that don't even know the difference between good weed and bad weed. Very true. Very true. All the same, the defakey, you know, have some integrity in what you tell people about weed. The defakey, man, that just plain sucks. No false Agree? advertising. Don't false right advertise. Be real. Be real like Be Mark real. Emery. Like Be Mark real Emery. Like Mark he Emery. is real. Yeah, yeah, he's real. It really sucks what he's going through. It's too real. Um, got a clip here, I think. What's it, a Valentine to his wife from him that he got to record? No, or, no he sent it in the mail to her. Oh, uh, okay. And she's, and she's reading it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Let's check it out. Hi, everybody. It's Jody with my weekly update on January 20th, Thursday. Volume. And first of all, I want to show you an early Valentine I got from Mark. And he was really excited about this. And you've seen the same artwork style before from the four different inmates who sit and do this all day long, doing artwork and cards. So this one says, Happy Valentine's Day, Jody. And it says, I miss you in the middle. And it's got these little dangling hearts that are connected by floss. So, you know, it's pretty primitive stuff here. But um, it's so sweet. It says... Dear sweet wife, it's January 11th when I write this. It's so difficult to convey the love and, candidly, the debt of it all I owe to you for your incredible devotion to me. It's a terrible ordeal, this dreadful jail existence, but you are my love, my sunshine, my inspiration, my dreams, my goal, my everything. 
I'm so grateful and honored to have you as my Mrs. Emery, and I pray you are always proud to be my wife. I do so miss you, sniff your tearful boo. And he said he started crying when he was writing that, so um, it was quite emotional. But you've got a little heart here that says, I love you, my love, I miss you. And it's, it's so sweet that these inmates do beautiful things like this, and that's Mark's early Valentine's Day, almost a month early. But um, his birthday is the day before Valentine's Day, so if you haven't written Mark a letter, please do so coming up to February 13th, which is when he'll turn 53 years old. So send him a card or something nice. Um, I also have... Wow. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, I think I'm going to send him a birthday wish. That really sucks, dude, to like... For the, I can't imagine, you know, like loving some, some someone so much and then going to jail for a pot crime. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, being doing okay to, for yourself on the outside and having a beautiful uh, wife and then being in, incarcerated because of that ridiculous shit that he's that nobody on the planet is more aware of how ridiculous this shit is than him. Yeah, probably a yeah. big portion of why he's in there in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah, and uh, write your legislatures, uh, let, write your write your representatives, uh, your senator, um, and uh, edge them to uh, to let um, Mark be sent back to to Canada so he can finish his term right. there. Yes, please yeah, we're do not that. saying free the guy. We're saying great. Okay, you want to do your goofball antics, you know, and persecute somebody for something like this? Send him back to where he's supposed to be doing his time. You know, and the truth is, if he goes back there, he's eligible under their rules to get out now. <laughs> that's right. That's the truth. So yeah, basically that's our way of trying to get Mark out of jail. But I kind of, I don't know. I have a bad feeling. I don't think the government's going to go for it. So no, they're fully aware of that too. You know, yeah. they're doing this for political reasons and that would ruin their whole big party, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that, that. They would lose their prize then. He was the prize. Mm-hmm. So that Asshole. situation sucks, but it looks like in it the does. Pacific Northwest, we got some, uh, got some movement towards a legalization. Yeah, very interesting stuff. You haven't heard of this guy. His name is Paul Stanford. He's an amazing guy. He's uh, the executive director of the Hemp and Cannabis Foundation. He's done a lot of stuff over there. He's very active. He's in my favorite city of Eugene, Oregon. Um, And he wants voters to be able to decide whether or not marijuana is legalized in the state of Oregon in 2012. He's currently gathering signatures to get this issue before the voters. And Oregon could join California, Colorado, and possibly other states in having legalization questions on the 2012 ballot, which is awesome. I think uh, he needs like uh, 90,000 signatures to get the measure on the ballot. I don't think he's going to have too much problem doing that. Hopefully not. And I think we have a brief clip about this. Check it out. Well, it seems we just wrapped up elections a couple of months back. Now, one man is working to get a measure on the ballot in 2012 to legalize marijuana. K2's Joe Raineri joins us live outside the elections office in southeast Portland. And Joe, he wants to tax pot. Is that the deal here? That's right, Steve. Paul Stanford's hopes by taxing it will actually bring millions of dollars into the state's economy. He already has hundreds of signatures. And folks we talked with tonight said they'd actually support his plan. Talk about legalizing cannabis. You find people who want to talk. I've I've never known anybody to smoke pot and want to get up and go create some havoc and some crime. People get lazy and stay inside. Yeah, so I think it'd be fine. That's exactly what Paul Stanford, the executive director of the Hemp and Cannabis Foundation, wants to see. It'll be regulated and distributed to those over the age of 21. Taxing it, making it widely available. 
Well, we want to regulate it so that, you know, businesses like bars and taverns that bar the admission of minors uh, can uh, offer that as a business. He says it would bring a steady flow of cash to the state. Alcohol revenues bring in about $75 million. We'll create lots of new jobs, we'll uh, create all these new industries. We think it'll you know, be billions and billions of dollars in the long run. A plan that would allow a drug that some say is safer than beer and wine. It affects your brain differently. I don't think it affects it as, as severely as alcohol does, especially when you're driving. But not everyone is ready to walk through a haze of smoke. Uh, typically, people that are smoking marijuana become more apathetic and they lose their desire to, oh, to get out, work, accomplish things. Now, 90% of the sure. revenue brought in would actually cover the state's general fund. Now, in order to get this on the general election in 2012, uh, Paul needs to get nearly 90,000 signatures. Live in Southeast Portland tonight, Joe Ranieri, K2 News. Certainly a debatable... Marijuana makes people that don't know anything about marijuana say a bunch of stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't smoke weed or you'll be a big fat loser. You'll be a failure and you'll do nothing. Period. Yes. Okay. Good work. Glad we're clear on that. <laughs> we're clear, that clear on that. We're clear. One thing Let's... that's not clear, medical marijuana debate in Washington State, not clear at all. There's arguments never. up and down. Yeah. Never, 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 not yet. And this is one of those stories that's really big. We've been reporting on it for quite a while. We're not going to go too, de too in-depth in this because it's not been that much development since the last time we talked about it, which was actually the last episode, episode 46. But we do have this brief uh, mention, the story on here. There's some multimedia stuff you can click on within the story. And out of the kindness of our hearts, we were so nice to put the Washington State Legislature uh, links up there for both of these bills, SB 5073, which uh, right now that's the Coles Wells one, the Cole Wells one. Um, and uh, that is, let me see, the 2011 regular session, January 12th was the first reading. It was referred to health and long-term care. And then January 20th, there's a public hearing in the Senate Committee on Health and Long-Term Care. That's where it's at so far. HB uh, 1100 was the companion bill in the House. And that was just uh, January 12th, the first reading. And it was referred to the Health and Wellness, Health Care and Wellness, wellness uh, Committee. And uh, so we'll let you uh, look more in-depthly into that. And we'll, uh, of course, be uh, continuing to cover this. This is uh, pretty big stuff. Big stuff. Big stuff. Uh, yep. Big yep. stuff. Well, there's more stuff. More big stuff. In Washington right? State. Yeah, there is something happening going on in uh, Edmonds. Yeah, mm -hmm. Edmonds, which is uh, outside of uh, Seattle, I do believe. Um, they have, they have one medical because marijuana dispensary and they are, um, uh, seeking to adopt a moratorium. So they, that would limit the city to that one. And I, I think I heard, although we might hear during the story that they might even been, be trying to get rid of that one. So, uh, let's, let's listen to the clip. Crooks, one city, is targeting them. Now, new medical marijuana shops are on hold in Edmonds. Come on, Force John DiCepolo is live in Edmonds with why the city says it's waiting for the state to step up. John? Mary, good evening. Tonight, the Edmonds City Council voted 6-1 to one to adopt a zoning moratorium on medical marijuana dispensaries. But the real issue here isn't so much about selling marijuana to treat a medical condition, but rather the need for guidance from the state legislature. 
Washington state law is the most generous and the most vague of all the medical marijuana laws. In the eyes of the public, lack of direction and consistency is what's holding back medical marijuana dispensaries. On Tuesday evening, the Edmond City Council addressed the issue and voted to make it illegal for businesses to obtain a license to sell medical marijuana within the city limits. But the public feels this is an issue that needs to be revisited. I highly suggest that you consult people that are actually at ground zero the patients, the providers, the dispensaries, and find out how to work together with those people to make it safe for everybody. Back in 1998, Initiative 692 made medical marijuana legal statewide, but it did not provide a legal way for specified patients to get it. The moratorium on medical marijuana dispensaries in Edmonds will be set for six months, or at least until the Washington State Legislature addresses what some say are inadequate rules governing the sale of it. There is a lack of infrastructure in this state at the present time. Law enforcement is an untenable position. We need some help from Olympia. The other major issue here is safety, and having considerable amounts of cash along with marijuana on site with dispensaries can only invite problems, but some would argue it can happen anywhere. You know, you don't outlaw pharmacies because pharmacists have been shot being robbed. We just have to have better security and work together, police department, city council, patients, and the community. Now, the Washington State Legislature is set to introduce a new bill during its current session to provide clarity to the state's existing medical marijuana laws with regards to these dispensaries so that communities like this one here in Edmonds will know what to expect. Live in Edmonds tonight, John DeCepolo, Como 4 News. A lady at the beginning said Washington. Washington. She did. Is she, is she from there? And she said that. Washington. Are you serious? Um, yeah, this is just more pand pandemonium over marijuana and it being so bad and so evil that we need to stop all but the growth of it. Oh, my God. <gasps> Dispensaries. Oh. Oh. Yeah. The oh. horror. Yeah. The booze horror. and, and they booze and pills. <laughs> booze and pills. Booze and pills and gasoline. And they watch. And they watch the front of the dispensary and see somebody go in and they're all like messed up and they're in a wheelchair. And like, look at that person. See? Marijuana is terrible for that for people look at that person he could have a shotgun inside of that wheelchair <laughs> look this what it did to that person <clears throat> yeah it's yeah, the pots yeah. yeah it's the pots fault hawaii highs uh-oh uh, a, a proposed uh, expansion of medical marijuana in hawaii yeah, am, I actually... get, am i gonna get to find a job in hawaii and move <laughs> to hawaii maybe all right put your smiles right. on folks well, state senators are proposing a dramatic reform of the state's medical marijuana law, changes to make it easier to become a legal patient and easier to grow and even buy marijuana for medicine. KITV4's Daryl Huff joins us with this story. Daryl? Laura, Honolulu police are preparing for a fight over marijuana, not on the street, but in the legislature, where lawmakers now have plans that could greatly expand the use of prescription pakalolo. Terry Heady says she needs about an eighth of an ounce of marijuana every day to control multiple sclerosis symptoms. But bad weather and pests sometimes make her backyard patch unreliable. I have to go find it on the street. And that is dangerous. And I also get bad product. The 10-year-old law limits patients to a handful of plants and says a caregiver raising plants for a patient can only help one person. To provide easier access, especially for urban Honolulu patients, senators are ready to loosen the limits. That shouldn't be too difficult. It's just a matter of what numbers we would think would be best. 
This patch of four plants is as many as one marijuana patient can have now. The proposal would increase that to 10, and because it would also allow a caregiver to take care of four patients, that could mean a patch of up to 40 plants. Other proposed changes would allow patients to pay the expenses for their caregivers and allow a doctor other than their primary physician to declare them eligible for medical cannabis. Another more dramatic proposal would replace homegrown with licensed and taxed state-run dispensaries open to patients from here and you. from other states. It might cost a little more money, but then we can also look at maybe some legitimate research. Patients need to get access to the medicine. Uh, and we can create a good economic base for the, the general fund. Honolulu police will fight those changes. They say more marijuana in the community will mean more drug use, addiction, and violence, and they dispute the claims of medicinal value. But most legislators have already disregarded those arguments and expect the new governor will be supportive of improving the law. You don't like dispensaries, you suck. Uh, that's cool. That's gonna, that, that's gonna that's gonna be um, nice for the caretakers for sure, um, especially in Hawaii where they can do two outdoor patches a year, forty plants twice a year. Not, what a nice, what an amazing, perfect place to grow outdoor. Uh, I would, I would, I could just, could, I could, I could have such a tiny little house on like an acre and like get up in my flip flops and my board shorts feel, every day. Feel eternally blessed. And just, yeah, just, you know, work hard for for four or five hours and then go surf and then come back and work hard for a couple more. Oh, it'd be great. Be so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, be so great. I'd love it there. I, 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 here's, what, here's the real thing here. For them to expand it, it's great that they're expanding the limits on the growing. But for people to actually have access, you have to have a retail system. Mm-hmm. There has to be retail. Everyone that keeps trying to do medical pot with that, what like, but we don't want the dispensaries. Well, then you're not really yeah. providing a service for people, and you're still keeping it all black market, and you're not going to be able to collect taxes off of it, regulate it. It's tough. Um, you you got to have. It's just common sense. Quit trying to treat it like right. it's the you know redheaded stepchild. It's just pot, people. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Retail be all right. So hopefully Hawaii goes for it. Michigan. Michigan's uh, d- dealing with a s- very similar issue. They've already gone ahead with the uh, dispensaries, though, but uh, it's all getting worked out. What's going on in Ann Arbor? Yeah, well, what do you think about this? This is an interesting guy I want to mention, and this is kind of a longer story, so we'll uh, leave most of it to the audience, but we definitely, this is this is more much more than just uh not worth much of our time. This is a, this is a, well, what do you think about this? What do you think this, if you got arrested, this gentleman, his name is TJ Rice and he got arrested. Um, I think like 14 years ago, he got busted for growing seven marijuana plants in his backyard in this uh, small town there. Oh no. And, uh, he's legally considered a convicted drug felon. Oh no. It's he says it's contributed to he's his a criminal employment homelessness and all this. Yeah, he said he quote he quotes here. I had to lie on every job application I ever had afterwards. Um, he's a former insurance salesman. He was living out of the Delona Center as recently as two years ago. I think that's a kind of a homeless thing uh, center. So he's been he's you know he's had a lot of problems you know as a result of uh, unemployability due to his uh, convicted conviction. Well, now he's fifty four years old and. Uh, as covered in the story, as he said, it, he appears to be finding his niche. He's uh, an entrepreneur in a literally a budding industry. Um, 
but um, but um, bump. Uh, they always do those players on words, don't they? But uh, what he wants to do is have. Uh, well, he ha- actually has a dispensary of his own. He calls it the Ann Arbor Patient-to-Patient Compassion Club, or A2P2C2. <laughs> How about that? I think that would fit great on a T-shirt. Um, he uh, provides cannabis-based medicine in various forms to those who qualify for it in his business, and he's just fair and honest about what he does. The problem is they don't want them to be able to have medical marijuana because, yep, like he said just a minute ago, they consider him to be a criminal. Well, he has Mayor uh, John Heif. I don't know how to pronounce this. H-I-E-F-T-J-E. I don't know what that is. When you look at the story, you'll probably go, I don't know how to pronounce that either. Unless you're from a country where that's originated from, I don't know what that is. But anyway, he's the mayor of Ann Arbor, and he's got the mayor on his side. The mayor says, if someone was convicted back in 1997 for growing a few marijuana plants, I see no reason why that should preclude him from participating in what's now a growing business area today, many years later. Makes perfect sense to me. Well, there's still, he finds himself uh, mirrored in a legal quagmire of conflicting laws. There's a state of conflict that uh, is, uh, I imagine, probably driving him pretty crazy right now. It's an interesting story. Check it out a little bit more. But uh, that's the overview. They don't want him to be be able to be involved in, in medical marijuana because he has a prior conviction for cannabis related stuff. So that's a little bit different take than a lot of the times I hear about felons. I don't really think that your legal status or your past criminality should have anything to do with that. I mean, Can you if they think be a felon and own a bar or a liquor store? I don't store? know why not. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't and, and And I think those ordinances probably, I would imagine, vary from place to place as well. But I've, I've never heard myself that uh and this is not saying that this isn't the case but i've never heard of that before i've never heard of them saying no you can't own this bar because you had a felony way way back or something i think if you're on parole that probably would throw up a few flags (laughs) or it's just pot it's just pot it's not nuclear weapons come on people right right well they raided the guy and they left there with like nine thousand dollars worth of medicine they took his computer he had like 55 patients they're scared to death they're worried about their records being taken it was crazy they put him out of business for like they literally put him out of business for six months it was just it was just nuts and uh he says uh it's been the approach uh, of the Ann Arbor Police Department to leave medical mar- marijuana dispensaries alone. The, 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 the police uh, chief says that. But it's, it's, it's kind of like Ann Arbor's been sort of a positive place, kind of a Lawrence, Kansas, or a, uh, you know, what's the one in Texas? Austin, Texas. One of those, you know, mm-hmm. friendly, pot-friendly, kind of liberal-minded, friendly places. Madison, and, Wisconsin. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, the, the the police chief says this. He says, uh, I can tell you unequivocally, the city police have not had any raids of any marijuana dispensaries, he said, noting he didn't consider what happened last March when they raided this guy, um, a dispensary raid. He said, if we have, n- if, if we have known it was a mar- 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 marijuana dispensary, pardon me, uh, we wouldn't have raided in it. And that's kind of why we wanted to have some of these places registered so we can know they're in existence. Well, they won't let them register so he didn't. He wasn't registered properly. So they didn't know that he was a medical marijuana, faci- uh, you know, a legitimate facility, and so they raided him. Well, they didn't call it a raid because they didn't think they were raiding him. They just thought that he was unregistered, and they were, you know, uh, it, it's it's a really iffy 
weird situation where the cops didn't seem like they were actually the uh, typical. Oh, yeah, kinda, we went there and we down. knocked on the door and we served a warrant and we searched the facility and we took the drugs oh, and we made an arrest. It. But that's yeah, not a yeah. raid. No, 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 no. They didn't make an arrest. Oh, no arrests, but it's still not that's, a raid. But we st- yeah, that's the problem. Still- Therein lies the biggest, biggest portion of the problem. Um, they just stole his shit. Yeah, they took all the stuff and they didn't arrest him. They just took all his stuff. And I don't know. That, it seems like a, I don't. I just still cannot differentiate. I can't make the difference between that and just a your average strong arm, basic armed robbery because those guys were armed. All of the cops were armed, and they just came in there and took all the stuff. It's kind of an abusive. It's kind of like the CEO coming to some girl that you know is hired, or or if it's a female CEO, even you know somebody whoever. It doesn't have to be a di- you know whatever she's into, <laughs> you know, and pressuring them into sex or something. You know, we have laws against that because it's it's abusing authority, and that's I think that's just kind of what this is. It's just a, another ver- version of abuse of authority to to do those kind of things, regardless of where their head was when they were doing it. It's kind of it's kind of a bogus thing. I hope I hope the best for this guy. Uh, check out the story. He's also raising money right now to bring back the Rainbow Farm. Remember that pro uh, pro marijuana compound in Cass County? It was pretty big. It was home to two big annual festivals: Hemp Aid and Roach and the Roach Roast. Until uh, it, it it fell under uh, after a deadly police standoff. It was a horrible story. I hated that when that was going on. It's September third of two thousand one. You can Google that and check it out too. Ugh, but be ready. Hope you make sure you didn't eat right before you check that out because it's it's hard to stomach. But uh, he's trying to bring it back. So you know, I mean, he's already doing some good stuff just with that. So we'll keep an eye on this dude, T.J. Rice. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah. And now. Yes, and now. Topics barely worth any of our time. This just in, two Chinese men arrested in Fayette County with 692 pounds of cannabis. Dying. How about that? 692? Wow. That's a lot. Yep. They were Chinese guys, so I don't know what, what difference that makes, but they got caught with a lot of weed. Meanwhile, um, an estimated... 47,000 pounds of cannabis got cleanly by while the cops were making their arrest. So more of the same stuff. This one is obviously definitely and definitely worth uh, barely any of our time. So we'll move on to some very good news. Can you believe this? This is a new kind of section with a question mark behind it because I'm going, going, really? Really? (laughs) Medical marijuana bill introduced in Idaho? It's true. What's Idaho? Idaho, yeah. Idaho, you know where they make potatoes. Um, hmm. On Wednesday, January it's in Canada, 19th, right? It's right, <laughs> under, it's right under Canada. Um, Idaho State Representative Tom Trail introduced legislation that would protect seriously ill residents in his state from arrest and prosecution for using marijuana with their doctor's recommendation. His uh, representative, Trail, he's a Republican from Moscow, Idaho, recognized the compassionate need for distinction between medical and non-medical use of marijuana and acted upon it. If passed, um, Idaho, of course, will become this, the, the 16th state, along with the District of Columbia, to uh, distinguish between medical and non-medical uh, pot use. Um, Idaho is surrounded by medical marijuana states sharing borders with Washington, Oregon, Nevada, and Montana. Additionally, Idaho borders Canada, which is also a medical marijuana country. Um, although the bill is solid, uh, Representative Trail has some serious work cut out for him um, in a state as red as they get, man. Idaho is is red. Well, the people that y'all, you see sometimes on TV going, we got a right to have a militia. We got a right to bear arms. And all those dudes are standing around with like those little 
bandero things over their head like uh what do you call those things Ban- bandanas like over their faces and stuff and they've got like serious sick looking like automatic weapons and sniper rifles and yeah that's where all those folks like to live i mean that's not i don't mean to, to denigrate i know idaho there's some lovely people there and it's a gorgeous state but yeah that's uh that's going to be a seriously uphill battle um he's going to have a hard time dispelling the myths and making sure that the truth's heard and uh it will certainly be difficult for him but you know what um as MPP reported, the the soft-spoken conservative from Moscow, Idaho, seems to be an ideal champion for this issue. So let's hope he is, and let's hope he gets somewhere. But you know what? That's great news that it's even being you know put forth. Yes, yeah, a state yeah, like totally. Idaho. That's a tough one. You know, some of these states are you just gotta keep it up and never give up. Like uh, for example, New Jersey. New yeah, Jersey is a right. nightmare. It's still a nightmare. The New There's Jersey no pot yet. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You know, didn't they approve this a long time ago? I thought that they were helping people. I mean, a lot of people gasped and went, oh, thank goodness, you know? But little did they know. Um, to this day, we're still arguing about this issue and trying to get this thing rolling. Um, a lot of the legislature there is is uh, pretty angry with the governor themselves because they want to get this thing going too. Um, their constituency is calling them up and going, "What's what gives? You know, I can't understand where the, where the problem lies. Fix this and stop letting him, Governor Christie, mess this whole thing up. A lot of voters um, are saying, you know, I voted for him and now I, I'm pretty much regretting it for this sole issue because he's wasting everybody's time and all of our money and nothing's happening for the positive that needs to be happening here. The New Jersey Senate is, is moving towards dissolving Christie's uh, medical marijuana proposal and, and the patients have been pleading for action. We have a great clip. Uh, you can hear some of them in their testimony. That patients with this particular medication a year ago, most of the people in this room cheered the passage of a law that decriminalized medical marijuana in New Jersey. But today those supporters crowded into a state Senate Health Committee meeting to tell legislators that the regulations set by the State Department of Health and Senior Services have rendered that law pointless. Everyone here today, the patients, the advocates, we've all been ignored by DHSS and Governor Christie in the process of creating these rules, which may be why they're so bad today. They've ignored the letter of the law, they've ignored the spirit of the law, they've ignored the will of the people, they've ignored this legislature treating it like a less than equal branch of government, and it's time to say stop. Patients who suffer from debilitating diseases testified that many of the rules like the elimination of home delivery and the failure to include some medical conditions means a lot of patients will not be helped. This woman's chronic nausea and muscle-wasting condition is not covered by the DHSS rules. Despite force feeding almost 3,000 calories a day, I'm continuing to lose weight. Um, It's about an average of over two pounds a week, actually. Marijuana is medicine for me. Without it, I am unable to eat, drink, or take my other medications without extreme nausea, pain, and vomiting. Um, I have Crohn's disease. I am on a lot of medications, and a bunch of them I can get away with throwing them. Nothing. I have milligram morphines. I have steroids. I have. I find that. There is nothing here that works as good as cannabis. We beg of you to work transparently to create working regulations. Otherwise, 
patients will go to the underground market as they do today, or they will continue to move out of state. Advocates complain about particular regulations, like a proposed doctor registry and limits on the potency of the marijuana. There are strict restrictions on the alternative treatment centers, or ATCs. They want surveillance cameras in the ATC centers with a remote to the state that patients and employees of these ATC centers are going to be monitored by state employees. That, to me, it rises to the level of communistic. For entrepreneurs hoping to open ATCs, the regulations have made them think twice. Lisa Levine is an attorney for one of those groups, which is made up of pharmaceutical executives and financial and agricultural experts. The regulations were released and all key players took their marbles and went home. What was a restrictive environment has now become a strangled environment. Both houses of the legislature will have to vote on a resolution to invalidate the rules. But medical marijuana advocates had hoped to see treatment centers open last fall. And some are losing hope. I feel tired, very, very tired. It's been a long, ongoing back and forth. I still don't have any medicine from the department. I still don't have the knowledge of a plant even being somewhere in the ground for growing for my purpose for the state. With this, we have no chance of achieving a medical grade medical marijuana. I voted for Governor Christie. I'm very sorry that I did. He's done nothing but waste everybody's time. Very, very frustrating. Uh, Every story that we've covered about New Jersey has been nothing but frustration. And uh, I'm so glad I don't live there, man. I would be in trouble right now. (laughs) I'd be uh, charged with being way too vocal and not calming down when they tell me to. you, You need to be quiet, sir. You're a little too crazy, okay? I will not just... be quiet. Remember that show? Now, hush. The, hush. Where he goes, hush. no, you're out of order. What was that? Yeah. Remember that long time ago? That I forgot what that movie's called. And, uh, was it Al Pacino? And he, and, and, they, and he was an attorney, and they said, you're out of order. And he goes, no, you're out of order. This whole court's out of order. That's me in New Jersey. Thank God I'm not there, because, boy, they would not tolerate my uh, reaction to this bogusness. I feel so bad for those folks. Hopefully things will move on in a positive way. Hopefully they can get it together. You know, When this was all happening, Illinois had some stuff pending, and it was pretty restrictive, too. And I thought, oh, great. And now everybody's going to start taking their cues from New Jersey and being overly restrictive. Well, fortunately, it didn't get quite as bad. Um, but in Illinois right now, um, we've already reported on, on the last episode 46 of the Cannabis Agenda that uh, I'm so happy to say House Bill 30 has been put forth by the same uh, representative, uh, Lou Lang, that put forth uh, 13, SB 1381 um, last year. It's called the Compassionate Use of Medical Cannabis Pilot Program Act. We're hoping the best for that. But now in the 97th General Assembly, introduced on the 12th of this month by Rep- Representative LaShawn K. Ford, um, a new piece of legislation, HB 100, and uh, HB 100 says, I'm just going to read this synopsis really quick. It amends the Cannabis Control Act. It provides that a person who knowingly possesses not more than 28 grams of any substance containing cannabis is guilty of a petty offense. Uh, that was typically uh, 2.5 grams, and they've raised it up to uh, an ounce now. Um, so that would be a petty offense. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. So instead of uh, jacking you up and giving you a big uh, uh, 
you know, record and all that stuff, all that disastrous nonsense, they're going to fine you 500 bucks for the first offense, $750 for a second offense, and $1,000 for a third or subsequent offense. Um, it provides that the delivery of not more than 28.35 rather than 10 grams, so that's a big increase somewhat, um, of any substance containing cannabis without consideration is a, is a uh, causal, casual delivery um, treated as a possession offense for purposes of penalties instead of, you know, intent to deliver or all that craziness that goes on far too often. Um, it, it also goes on to say, and the synopsis uh, provides that 50% of the fines collected under the act shall be allocated to or among the law enforcement agency or agencies of the unit or units of local government which conducted the seizure. So there's some incentive. Go get them, guys. You know, and uh, they're going to make up a lot of money. I think it's a different approach. This is a good thing because it's helping people uh, moving away from criminals, you know, serious, severe criminal sanctions um, for very small quantities of cannabis. Now it's a little bit high. Well, it's, it's greatly increased, but it's still small. But they're going to make a lot of money. That's one of those... Weird Illinois political movements. That's what happens, you know. But uh, looking for good stuff in that state. Yeah, moving down to the southwest now from Albuquerque. Um, note to self, when crazy girlfriend's throwing plates at me, do not phone the police. Why not? Just well, I would. Problems now. Sheriff's deputies found a lot more to investigate after a 911 call from a man hiding inside a garage saying a woman was throwing plates at him. It happened <laughs> on Open Meadow Drive in Tejadas yesterday morning. While sweeping the house, deputies who responded to the domestic violence call say they found a marijuana growing operation, about 10 pounds worth of pot and an assortment of firearms. 46-year-old Sherry Stewart and 47-year-old William Rutherford were arrested on drug charges. Yeah. Calling law enforcement to your home when you knowingly have a marijuana grow that's illegal, uh, I think represents well the notion that, that emotion, passion, very frequently trumps out our logic in life. The state's children. Oh, it's just hilarious, Mister. That's just <laughs> hilarious. This story hits me right in the gut. Um, and uh, no, I think perhaps really the issue is is that the police have their priorities all screwed up. So um, if uh, if my girlfriend was throwing plates at me, I'd call the cops too, and um, I'd expect them to deal with the issue on hand. But you know what? That's in most places that's not what they're going to do, and you probably are putting yourself at risk. So maybe you just shouldn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. There's now, now if you we're looking for a remedy, we know who to go to. That's a good idea. No girlfriends. Yeah. I like that. Nope. I want to start doing that. I want to start adopting that mentality. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've been adopting that, that mentality, mentality, haven't you? Yeah. When was yeah. the last time you had a girlfriend? How long has um, it been? I don't know. Since I've had her with me, I've had a girlfriend for a long time. I've pretty much I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of time. There's been a few times when I just had times in my life that were, you know, I didn't have the ability to have a girlfriend. I wouldn't want to be with the one that would want to be with me during those times, you know, struggling ups and downs (laughs) and stuff. But yeah, I have a girlfriend. She just lives in uh, another place now. It's one of those, what do you call that? Uh, Long distance relationships. Ooh, those don't you, work. You well. do? Um, you, you, yeah. Yeah. Look at this. She's a, she's a, she's a captain. On the police department in the capital of Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> dating like a cop? Yeah, she's my high school sweetheart. I've known her my whole life. She just sent me what? a text and said, Hi, sweetie. Yeah. Are you serious? You're making Not all this joking. shit up. I couldn't make that up, actually. 
Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Wow. Some interesting I... uh, discussions. You know, no matter how much you love somebody, no matter how close you are, you just have arguments sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, it's only human and healthy. And boy, it was different. You know, when your when your chick can do a a, a flying spinning kick. <laughs> to your head like better than most SWAT you know male SWAT members then that's uh that changes the argument it changes the whole dynamic I've noticed <laughs> it's kind of yeah, hot yeah. I miss her I'm doing better than uh, Emery's I hope they get back together but yeah I'm kind of feeling a little bit you know some sort of a similar thing I, yeah that's a long ways man I'm in Illinois she's in Atlanta gosh right right well you know right. whatever it's like a whole world away speaking of the cannabis world uh, let's take a look at the, uh, international yeah. weedscape. Yeah, I got a few stories of this. I love, I love that we uh, we have listeners in the uh, international spectrum out there, all over in many countries. I think we're over forty some countries now. That's uh, that's massive, and we we love that you're listening to us, and we really encourage you to send us in some uh, some info about what's going on in your in your uh, kind of part of the world. Help. Scoop yeah. us on yeah. the globe on the on the weed gro- on the weed globe global weed scene. Um, there's a couple things. Have you ever heard of this guy? He's, he's pretty pop, uh, pretty well known. I don't, but he's a British guy. His name is Peter Hitchens. You know, you, you get no. some of those guys that are just bent on saying all these weird, you know, twisted ideas about we about cannabis. Well, this guy is one of the most vitriolic, bent-minded one of all of them. I mean, he's amazing and well and well known for it. Well, he just came out with a new story recently. Um, the title is "The Crazed Smile That Says." It's the little packets of madness that we really need to fear. And it's got that uh, really crazy grinning Jared Loughner photo. And in this story, we'll let you read it on your own pretty much. But uh, he's, he's saying some absolutely ridiculous things. Obviously, his thing is about uh, cannabis really caused the whole uh, Jared Loughner thing um, in Arizona, that shooting that happened. Um, and... That's what we really need to be worried about because it's scary and deadly. This is straight out of Henry Anslinger's book of nonsense. Um, well, our friends over there at Reason TV, I love, we love uh, Reason.com. They, uh, J- uh, Jacob Sullum over there wrote a, a little piece about this titled Reefer Madness Spreads to the UK. And it's just absolutely crazy. He says, this is just a quick quote before we move on from this. He said, the link between this drug and serious mental illness grows clearer every day. Wickedly, the dope lobby still tries to deny this and seeks to legalize it. Loeffner has been, for much of his short life, a habitual smoker of this so-called soft organic drug. This is, in, this is not in doubt. Police records, the testimony of U.S. Army recruiters who rejected him partly on these grounds, and the accounts of several friends confirm that Loeffner is a marijuana victim. Yes, I know. Not all cannabis, cannabis smokers lose their minds, and not all cigarette smokers get cancer, but in both cases, the risk is enough to cause concern. Can you believe this type of stuff? This is vitriolic. This is nasty stuff. This is stuff that normal people uh, could get fooled by to some degree. This is the kind of things that sensible people when you stand up and go, whoa, which obviously in this case, there's a lot of stories about this. People jumped all over this guy and the comments were amazing, amazing. So, you know, it's uh, got a little mention about the, the comments that are coming from folks nowadays here later in the show, I believe. But check this story out. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, man. Marijuana makes people that don't know anything about marijuana say lots of stupid shit. Lots of extremely stupid shit, implausible stuff. Um, yeah, take a look at this story and you're going to go, what? Send him a little uh, letter. Be, be polite, you know. Don't say you effing whatever, whatever, bleep, 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 expletive, expletive. Just, you know, tell him, 
please educate yourself before you talk about things that affect so many people, you know, for goodness sake. That's in there. Let me, uh, you want a story from Morocco? Morocco! All right. Kind of stuff's going on all over the place. In Morocco, Casablanca, Morocco. That just sounds romantic. Um, Early January um, in uh, Taunet, Taunate, I think it's called. I don't know how to pronounce it. I probably just slaughtered that that, uh, name, but it's a little village in the Moroccan mountains of the Rif region. Um, It's almost... Almost eight tons of cannabis were seized in three farmers' houses. Um, they're eradicating it. They're, they're doing those overhead spray with that nasty, toxic spray. Same kind of stuff that the U.S. Was, has been doing. Um, European Union uh, has, they, they, they received, uh, Morocco received tons of money, like $38 million from the European Union to eradicate uh, the cultivation of cannabis. And they signed several treaties pledging to do so, which locks them in kind of, uh, in addition, the United States donated, of course, uh, $43 million to help farmers find new crops to replace hashish because they're trying to eradicate that awful weed. You're on the weed, aren't you? Yeah. Not Moroccans. Not today. Well, it, uh, it just goes to show this, this kind of nonsense is going on all over the world. So it's a great thing that we do have kind of uh, forums like this where the, gl- the, the globe, the cannabis culture planet can uh, get together and get, uh, you know, get some like-minded discussion going and, and understand that we're all in this together. You know, and we hope that uh, people stand up all over the planet and go, what in the hell? No, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. We're not going to let that stuff happen. And that's what we got for the international weedscape this time. I got an interesting one for next uh, next week, I think, from South Africa. How about that? They call it Sweet. Daga. Uh-huh. Nice. Coolness. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, you know, this one could have went in the international weedscape as well, but I thought it belonged uh, specifically in the you have got to be kidding me segment because this is amazing. Um, a UK police officer. Uh, young female, I think uh, her name was Patricia Lovis, um, she's a Scottish lady, um, and her boyfriend, David uh, Withers, he's, he's 28, two uh, young, young, people, young folks. They, uh, they were arrested for cannabis. The officers discovered eight cannabis plants worth, uh, I don't know, they said like 800 bucks or something, um, in, in the, the young lady's back room, Patricia Lovis's back room, and she says she didn't know they were there. Well, the rub is she's a police officer. <laughs> and furthermore, the police, when they showed up, uh, the, her apartment is on the second floor. And the police showed up, obviously, on the street level and said it was a really strong stench of weed all over the place. They could smell it plain as day. And uh, her, ex- her excuse was <laughs> she didn't know that was in there at all. She said that's her boyfriend's chill-out room. That's where he goes to relax and kind of get away and have his private place. So she just left him to his own. Well, the Crown Office accepted that claim that she was oblivious to a cannabis farm in her own home. And uh, it's funny that they, they said, if that's true, it doesn't sound like she would have made much of a police officer. So it's funny stuff that, uh, that goes on <laughs> all over the place. But uh, <laughs> really, the, the reality of it is not all that funny for those folks, for sure, you know. Now uh, she's obviously resigned in disgrace from the police force and lost her career and, you know, over, uh, over basically, I don't know, eight, eight plants, eight plants, eight herbal plants. Perfect. You know, justice, ex- justice lives, right? That's about as ridiculous as uh, Michael Savage. Yeah. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> we got a clip from him today, don't we? Yeah, we might as well hear that. <laughs> what these drugs do to geniuses is different than what they do to an ordinary person. This is an interesting show topic unto itself, by the way. Oh, yes. I've told you before I smoked marijuana in college like everyone I knew did, except for the few nerdy kids, God bless them, they were smart enough to avoid it. I hated marijuana, what it did to me. I hated it, but I did it because it was part of the initiation rite uh, of, the, of the crowd I was with, and also because everybody smoked it, and you're considered a schmuck if you didn't. A weakling, a loser, you weren't hip, you weren't cool. And, and you know, every time I smoked it, I had a paranoid reaction. My palms would sweat, I'd have a sense of reality would change. I hated the stuff. I went along with it because I was a kid under peer pressure. And people would say to me, what's wrong with you? Why do you have paranoia for marijuana? It mellows me out. And I was saying to myself, you know what? There's a difference between a guitar and a violin. And most of the people who got mellowed out for marijuana were like a, a banjo with two strings. I didn't know I was a Stradivarius. You don't screw with a Stradivarius. You know what I'm saying? If you're a banjo, good marijuana is wonderful for you. Oh, mellow. I'll have some tequila and marijuana. I'll get really mellow. Well, good, because you got a one-string guitar, that's all. A one-string banjo, so it mellowed you out. But go try to <laughs> deal with it if you're a harp, you know, or a harpsichord as a human being, or a mind like a harpsichord. You don't want to tamper with drugs if you got a harpsichord for a brain. And I want you to tell your children that. I want you to tell your children that. That drugs are for the banjos, not for the harpsichords amongst us. <laughs> This Whatever society can hurt. only be saved by the harpsichord minds. Cut the him. He's an idiot. Jeez. Stop that. Stop that Michael's nonsense. Adam, isn't that guy, isn't that the anti-Semitic Jew? Oh, yeah. He, so, okay. He's a, so He's a Jewish person. Uh, he, like, downgrades Jewish people. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, my God. That's uh, that guy. And obviously, he's got issues with... Uh, he's susceptible to peer pressure and paranoia. Clarity so um, and truth. You know that about him. And he's telling, putting that out there now. So for all of you that think he's God, um, yeah, he's letting you, you know. Well, um, you know, Michael Savage, I got two things to say to you. First of all, those those nerdy kids, they were just smart enough not to let you know that they were using cannabis. And secondly, I've got a seven-string guitar, and I rip on that sucker. So don't give me any static about a two-string No, 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 no. You might banjo. rip on that, but you're still stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know. great for stupid people. No ding for you. It you out. But yeah, no ding for, for you. Yeah, for smart you know people, it's terrible. I'm so smart right smart, now because I'm in university, smart, so like I'm not allowed. You know, it, if you're smart, you won't smoke it. If you're smart, you won't in, smoke it. Tell in my me. situation, I I can't smoke right now, so I'm I'm temporarily intelligent. You're smart. You're just smart because if you're smart, you don't smoke pot. Mm. Next, what's this? What's this in <laughs> yeah. cannabis and sports? Yeah, I don't have anything in cannabis and sports, so I just etched it in there. I don't think our uh, Oh, the bears should have smoked weed. That's ridiculous. The bears should have. Either the bears should have smoked weed or they should have smoked some better weed or they should have chose a different strain or perhaps the ones, there's some people in there that maybe it just didn't work for them right. Maybe they were going through fantastic revelations in their mind and making this awesome progress of, of, of in, in thought and in, in, in looking at in expansive ways about their life and seeing things so great. But that's awesome in and of itself, but not too productive for football. I don't know. I don't know what the case is, but unfortunately, the Bears lost. So I just had to make a mention of them somehow. Who's that guy from uh, Green, the Green Bay team that that took that interception? Maybe maybe they're smoking some herb. Maybe they are. Hey, he see he's he was a smart one. He chose the sativa. <laughs> yeah, couch lock guys, couch lock Bears next year, right? Next year. 
Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, okay. Sports guys. Uh-huh. uh-huh uh, sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Activism. Back to mm-hmm. activism. Of course. In the spotlight. Activism spotlight. Uh, grassroots activists are heading to the nation's capital to end cannabis prohibition. This is a big deal. Go if you can. It's on 420. Um, it looks like Overgrow the Government. That's the organization. On April 20th of 2011, the Overgrow the Government movement is staging a rally in Washington, D.C. to demand an end to cannabis prohibition. As of this writing, uh, um, January 23rd, as of this day, um, the Facebook page for this for the rally has over a thousand people signed up to attend and another thousand may be attending. And uh, that's just so far they're looking for 1 million people to come to the rally. So they've got a lot of work to do. Spread the word around Um, below this uh, story here. There's a press release uh, for the event included. So you can check that out on our site. And uh, if there's any way you can possibly be there, it'd probably be a pretty awesome place to be on 420 for this particular, particular year. So uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to get there. Unfortunately, I might. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. awesome. Yeah, oh, it would be maybe. great if we can get a. Yeah, you'll have to do some stuff for the show when you're out there. If you do go, yeah, it's a possibility. It's on a Wednesday, so it'd fall within my, you know, daddy schedule. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, aha, aha. What's uh, what's this next one? Oh, this is an easy one, or, or uh, an interesting one, rather. Um, Pete Geither, we like Pete Geither, uh, on the drug war rant. Um, he wrote this piece, called, he's talking about, um, it was titled, Vastly Improved Edu- Education of the Populace. And what he's talking about here is that, uh, well, let me, let me uh, read a couple just quick things. He says, now and then the ignorance of the masses depresses me when I read bizarre comments related to a drug war news item. You know, like... Uh, some of the stories we've covered so far in the show. Um, he goes on to say, yet on the whole, I'm incredibly impressed with the knowledge of commenters at news sites. What a difference from even five years ago. And you know what? He says, this inspires me to optimism and I got to agree with him totally. It does. It inspires me to optimism, optimism too. And just by chance he did, uh, in his, in his, uh, Example here, he referenced a, re, a very recent uh, story that was in uh, an Illinois paper in the Capitol, uh, here, right here in Illinois' Capitol, um, uh, from Dora Dixie. She's a medical doctor, and it's titled, Smoking Marijuana is Not Medicine. But she's also the immediate past president of the Illinois Society of Addiction Medicine in Chicago. So she's definitely biased and has a motive to, you know, have take a particular stance. Well, he was worried about this. He sees the same thing, just like we do, and he identifies it for what it is and, you know, goes about calling her out on it. And and but he says as he was reading the letter, the obvious retorts were screaming in his brain. And yet, check out what he found in the comments before he even had a chance. Clear and to the point. Artie says, this is like the comments after the story. Artie says, from the penultimate paragraph, those options should be determined by patients and their reputable health care providers, not Illinois legislators, which is something that she said in her letter. He says, I agree entirely. Legalize it and let the decision be, be with the patients and their reputable health care providers, not Illinois legislators. Another one said, well, you have a stake in drug rehabilitation, don't you? Another one said, here we have another professional drug warrior who spent over 20 years being part of the problem instead of part of the solution and cannot uh, now ever admit this to herself. It's unfortunate that she would sell so many suffering people down the river just to justify her career choice. And another one said, I wonder if Dr. Dixie 
has actually read the bill. The bill does not allow for a medical marijuana industry at all. And, and Illinois is very restrictive, as we've talked about. It allows a patient and one caregiver to grow their own plants. The number and size of the plants is very limited. Uh, the amount of marijuana and the patient and caregiver are allowed to possess is only two ounces. Where's all this millions of dollars that stand to line the pockets of political coffers going to come from? Boom, he says, with only about a dozen comments, the visitors covered uh, every vape, everything from vaporizing marijuana as medicine, the hypocrisy of supporting more dangerous prescribed drugs, and more. So it's great. It's great to see this. People are starting to get it, and people are starting to be more versed and more accurately uh, you know, well-versed on this issue and the, and the details within it. And they're, they're standing up and fighting back. And that's exactly what, uh, uh, for the most part, the show is about. So we definitely applaud that and please keep it up. And it's, it's certainly making a difference, a noticeable difference. Um, every story I've read, I've noticed that too, within the five, it, just in the last five, five or six years, it's a, there's a drastic change in the, in the amount of, uh, or the type of responses that I'm, that you're seeing on these types of stories, they're shutting them down immediately. Where before I would go, oh, and I knew right away, oh, this is going to be a bunch of work because I have to structure this right and do all the things right and you know represent accurately and check my punctuation, all the stuff we tell you to be effective, you know, in activism, and it's going to take a long time. Well, then I'm I'm looking recently and I'm thinking that's going to happen and. It's already done. They've covered everything I was going to say very articulately. So that's a great that's great news, and I hope that that uh, it's a trend that can, I'm sure it's a trend that can't help but keep uh, you know, to keep continuing and and growing in that direction. So good stuff, good good work, folks. Keep it up. Continue to stand up. Good work. Hey, we got Matt. You got a Cincy stock update? Uh, Jamie's got this one, I think. Ah, I Jamie. Yeah. Well, General Cannabis Inc. Um, they just finalized the purchase of. Revy, I think it's Reviv. Rev- Revive. 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 Oh, oh, there Revive. you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, whoa. Hey, that was. <laughs> ah, well, I get a they, ding. They announced the signing <laughs> of the, <laughs> the final documents for the acquisition of sustainability or substantially all the assets of Revive LLC. It's technology. Well, okay, people, we need to tell you how it's spelled so you don't think we're idiots. It's spelled R E V Y V. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of okay. tricky, right? Um, not that I'm not an idiot, but it just, it just spelled funny. But uh, anyway, Rev, Re, Revive is a technology firm specializing in the online interfacing marketing and optimizing of healthcare facilities in the medical cannabis industry. Um, in addition to acquiring key domains such as cannabiscenters.com, safeaccessmd.com, uh, General Cannabis is also acquiring Revive's proprietary verification system designed specifically for the medical cannabis industry. So they, uh, General Cannabis intends to use CannabisCenters.com as one of the several company-owned medical information and education portals. The company anticipates expanding on the scope of the site to include a social network for individuals wishing to address medicinal cannabis issues and topics. And uh, the acquisition will increase the company's healthcare marketing capabilities throughout the states in which General Cannabis Inc. does not yet have a healthcare presence. So they're growing. They're getting bigger. If you're into this stock thing, I know Cogs, you still got stocks rolling. Some General Cannabis Inc. stuff. I don't have any of that one, no, but uh, I yeah, might get on board. It's looking more and more appealing, so maybe so. Mm-hmm. Probably should have uh, purchased it. You probably should have purchased it before they finished the f- the Yeah, the before they get go rolling. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how all that works. I think that's right, though, right? You're supposed to yeah, you're supposed to the- buy low. Yeah, buy low, sell high. Well, I get that part, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. you got to do it when... Got to do it when Steve and Waz are still in the garage, you know, developing the first Apple. 
that's when you got to get in the investment form, get started. Yeah, yeah, right. Ready. Get your money ready. Yep. Anyway, um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, keep uh, keep an eye on General Cannabis Inc. They're growing. We've got a lot of stories. We've been talking about them guys always accessing and acquiring more stuff, and they're building quite a little uh, apparatus. So they, they could be a power player in this industry sometime soon. Uh, women in Weed. Got an interesting story here. Um, a sensible mom campaigns for cannabis. Carol Campbell. She has three kids and a responsible mom. She uh, also has a prescription for cannabis. She doesn't no. particularly be the face of marijuana, but you know she doesn't want to be in, uh, huddled down in bed with a migraine headache either while her boys try to conduct their lives without her. She wants to be there for her kids. Um, and that makes uh, marijuana very important to her on more than a uh, physiological uh, uh, or philosophical level. Um, and she is throwing a, a launch party for a new magazine, as she says, devoted, um, as it says, to cannabis culture for women. Um, this, this article is written by Neil Rubin. He says, translation, it'll go without pinups. Deep discussions of this strain versus that one and tirades against authority um, designed more toward, I, I suppose, the women's approach thing. It's uh, Mary, Mary Jane Magazines. It's an online publication. Uh, you can check it out, maryjanesmagazines.com uh, with a mysterious S at the end of its name. It wasn't uh, originally planning to hold one of its 20 or so events in Metro Detroit, but uh, she says, Campbell says, she got a little indignant. So she dialed headquarters in suburban San Francisco, told them to come on out there and get something rolling. So she's standing up. She's doing some stuff. And she's as about as far away from the stereotype as you could ever imagine. Um, subtract the cannabis. I mean, she doesn't drink. She works only occasionally, mostly staying home with her kids to take home, you know, as a stay-at-home mom. She, uh, part-time work. Um, she, she, you just subtract the cannabis and some of the same people who, who glare at her, uh, um, some of the places she goes around there might might nominate her for vice president of the PTA. She's uh, she's Carol Campbell, the public face of marijuana. <laughs> Maybe not the face you'd expect, but you know, it's hers, and she's going to stand behind it. And that's the kind of people we need standing up. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody going, "Dude, weed's not that bad, man." But when somebody comes in there and they go, "Yes, sir." this is what my name is and this is who I am and I'm just this mom and those legislators see that and they go, wait a minute, that's not at all what we expected to hear from and listen to what she's saying. You know, that's the way things get changed. So it's an interesting story. Give it a look. See what you think. Maybe even let us know. Let us know. What's this? You got a research bin today, yeah, huh? This is an old one from the research bin, but it, it was it was published in the Salem News. Um, Storm Crow, if you haven't heard about Storm Crow, uh, Google Storm Crow. She's, there is a massive amount of information related to cannabis on, on her site. On the, on, I don't know if that's a female. I think it is. But uh, yeah, on, that, on Storm Crow's place, there's a lot. But anyway, she or Storm Crow, I don't know the gender, um, submitted this to Salem News. Um, out of Oregon, you know, and it's, it's from, uh, she's talking about cannabis reducing infant mortality. Um, surpri- and the surprising connections between the failure to thrive is when babies die, um, that from failure to thrive is what they call, call that a lot of times. And, uh, and it's relation to cannabinoids. And she, she talks about one, one, several studies in here. So we, we posted that up there for you, but also I, I, I believe I posted the original study, um, that she's quoting some of these facts from statistics from, and what they did is checked out 
they they exposed um, well their objective first. I should probably start with um, the Department of Pediatrics, Hutzel Hospital, Children's Hospital of Michigan, and Wayne State University, uh, Detroit, Michigan are the ones that did this study. It's a little bit dated. It's a uh, 1997. I believe they probably did the study in 96. I would imagine if this is 97 story. But uh, the objective was to determine the mortality rate during the first two years of life in infants who were exposed to cocaine, opiate, or cannabinoid during gestation. And what they found out was probably shocking to some. And I want to make mentions of this because I'm, I'm in courtroom or, you know, uh, Capitol uh, House of Representatives uh, f- halls a lot, listening to people say ridiculous things about how deadly it is and how we got to save the children. Well, in this case, in this particular study, it's showing uh, no, no drugs at birth deaths were 15.7 deaths per 1,000 live births. Um, cocaine positive deaths, uh, 17.7 deaths. So if a baby had cocaine in their system, you know, obviously from the mom, they, uh, they had a, a, high, a, much, a significantly higher rate of death. Um, opiate uh, goes up to 18.4 deaths per 1,000 live births, but cannabis-positive deaths were 8.9 deaths per 1,000 live births. So it's noticeably significantly lower for cannabis, which I don't know about you, that would suggest to me that there's some serious, seriously positive uh, physiological uh, or medical um, constituents in cannabis without any doubt. But, you know, yeah. the story's up here. You can be the judge of what you think about all this. Um, Storm Crow, they're, they're, you know, that's subjective. Um, she's, she has references and stuff, you know, so it's, it's worthwhile. But uh, the, the stories themselves, all the references are listed with links, so you can check out the links and actually look at the, the um, research um, for yourself. And that's good stuff to have when you're telling somebody with authority, you know, how they should be changing laws and what they should do. You need mm-hmm. that. You need that kind of ammo, so they know yeah. you're credible. Mm-hmm. Dude, we got a nugget today. Really? Yeah. You know. You know that guy we were talking about from the 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 European the the English version of Reefer Madness. What was his name? Peter Hitchens oh. or whatever he was. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's like kind of what he was saying. Be careful. If you smoke that stuff, you'll be a big fat failure. Well, we just, this is kind of out of fun. We uh, gave you this site. I, I wandered upon it the other day and I thought I'd put this up here. It's a pretty interesting thing. What this person did was compile a list of all people that we know that, you know, did intentionally inhale on more than one occasion and, uh, and where they're at. And surprisingly, this huge list of losers includes, uh, I don't know, it's like a, a laundry list of, of in, insanely uh, successful individuals. From all over, sports stars, everybody from Paris Hilton, Thelonious Monk, former presidents, Linda McCarthy, Bob Hope, Tim Lincecum, to Glenn Beck. And there's a whole list on there, and you can go check it out. They're called VIPs. That's very important potheads. And I thought, you know, for these guys, they got to get a ding. And I realized, (laughs) wait a minute, these guys, this is a, wait till you see this list. They need more than a ding. Can we do bigger than a ding for these dudes? Let me see what I got here. Oh, (laughs) nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The bong gong. The bong gong. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It should have like it should have the bong sound first. That's good. Yeah. yeah, the bong gong. I like it. The bong gong. That's awesome. <laughs> we hope you enjoy the bong gong and and uh, if you hit the bong, you just kind of you know 
be careful and stay mindful, folks, and be safe out there. And it looks like uh, after that bong gong, we're just about gone. Are we not? We're gone. That was the bong, the, the gong, uh, that was the going, going, gone, bong gong for it's this. Uh, we love to hear from you. Tell them how to, uh, tell them how to get a hold of us. Would uh, you? Check, yeah, follow us, cannabisagenda.com. Um, email us at info, uh, <clears throat> info at cannabisagenda.com. Call anytime, leave a message, uh, 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N, or the number's 2266. Uh, uh, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, and uh, please check us out on Twitter and Facebook and recommend us to your friends. As we've noted throughout the show, you can always go to CannabisAgenda.com, look at the notes for today's show, click on any of the stories you want there, and link up to what uh, to the stories that we use as reference to uh, create the discussion. Hey, we did the show a little different this time. We really tried to speed it up. Our shows have been really, really long in the past um right. and it's funny i'm realized, getting like a unanimous i'm getting like a unanimous it's great man i like it but it's long <laughs> yeah so, so so here's the deal we are you know trying to cover everything so today what we did we we did the same amount of stories but we just went a lot faster so check it out tell us if you like it um we'll probably try doing less stories for the same way we used to do it another time too and kind of get an idea which way works better. So uh, let us know what y'all think. If you made it to the end, you might have this week. You might have. I think they, I think they might have. Yeah. 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 And also uh, lowering our, um, our bit rate. That's going to do substantial uh, damage to that oversize problem. So yeah, it'll hit your droid quick. It'll hit your droid real quick. That'll be half or half the size or less. Right. Cogs. Oh yeah, 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 totally. It'll be, it'll much, be much, awesome. hey, much smaller. Do we have a clip for the end of the show? Is this? Are we going to do this one? Okay, yeah. So, so Maine legalizing marijuana in Maine. Have you heard of that about this? No, uh, no. It's the first time I heard about it, I, I watched this video clip, and uh, we'll have to get someone from Maine on the show to talk more about it, or we'll have to dig up some more information. But uh, mm-hmm. you guys can listen to this clip and learn a little bit about it until uh, we are able to do that. That's awesome. Sweet. So stick around for that. Yeah. And join us next time for uh, episode 48, right? The Cannabis Agenda. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Moving ooh. towards 50. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's awesome. Almost a year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right. Until next time, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Tune back in in the future. Peace and pot. Right on. Take care. Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. Last fall, California voters decided not to make that state the first to fully legalize marijuana use for its citizens. Legislator Diane Russell has sponsored a bill that would give the state of Maine that distinction. She met with Maine Web News to explain her motivation. In 2009, we had the Citizens Initiative that, uh, that uh, 1811, LD1811, replaced. And what's interesting is that that was also the year that we had same-sex marriage on the ballot, and it was a hotly contested issue. 
uh, very high turnout for uh, folks who tended to lean more on the religious side, high turnout for, for an elder demographic, and ultimately more than 60% of Maine people said that they voted in favor of legalizing marijuana for medicinal purposes and opening it up uh, to, a, to making it more accessible. So when you look at those numbers, this is a this was a hotly contested issue, the same-sex marriage bill, and and yet all these folks and demographics that should not, but in theory, support uh, medical marijuana voted yes. We'd like to see this happen. Uh, you know, if the numbers had been 52% yes, I probably would never have touched it. But when you're surpassing 60% of Maine people. At that point, I think folks uh, across the state and the, the general electorate are ready to have a conversation about full legalization, and that's what brought the, this uh, forward for me. You know, it's it's an issue that we've talked about for years, but I don't think it's really been brought forth at a time when folks were genuinely ready to have that conversation. You couple that with serious revenue gaps. I mean, real consequences, uh, budget consequences. When we talk about education funding, it was replaced in the last term through economic stimulus funds. Those, that money's not going to be there. We either need to cut education, which I don't think is a smart economic uh, move for the state because it, it sets us back for the long term, economically speaking. But here's an opportunity to do what va the vast majority of people probably want us to do anyway, create a revenue stream. Meanwhile, Maine Sheriff Donnie Smith has questioned the effectiveness of the Maine Drug Enforcement Agency and offered some frank criticism of the war on drugs in general. We certainly could probably save a substantial amount of money if that agency, if the Maine Drug Enforcement Agency went away and again, that money came down to the local. I could probably, in my county, I could hire two agents for every one of theirs, what they pay. So that was that would be uh, very very substantial. Does it make sense to declare war on drugs? Ah, I think that's you know that's a mix of words. I think first first of all we've lost it. We've certainly lost the war on drugs. You know the federal government has spent trillions of dollars over the last you know 30 40 years fighting the so-called war on drugs, and we're not any closer to winning it than we were then. So you know that's a, that's that's a, you know a term that we use is probably misused too often. So no, we're not really we're not winning it anyway. So why would we consider why would you fight a war you can't win? So no, that's probably a, a inappropriate term. Representative Russell is not looking to end the war on drugs. She insists that her bill is about legalizing just marijuana and focuses on the revenue stream that this cash crop could produce. Marijuana is a cash crop. There are no real figures on how much money uh, is, goes through the state every year uh, for it because it's a black market operation. But I have a sneaking suspicion that the revenue opportunities, if it were brought on the books, would be worth considering. Right. And you mentioned you starting the conversation of legalization of marijuana by putting this bill out. Yep. Do you expect it has any real chance of passage this term? You know, I'm optimistic because it's there's a little bit of libertarian in all of us in Maine. We're fiercely independent. And just seriously you're gonna get arrested for growing a plant I mean that's really what this comes down to you're going to get arrested for growing a plant so if you grow a mushroom and it happens to have uh, hallucinogenic properties is that a problem too uh, so 
we need to get away from that and focus on the drugs that are really devastating our communities. And if we can bring in revenue through this source and target that revenue toward our, uh, our community policing, all the better. If we can make sure that we use some of that to fill in the budget gap, make sure that folks are safe. Would it create revenue by taxing it? Yes. Okay. So I, now uh, you're talking about taxing the plant, which yes. we haven't done before. That's a fair point. We also haven't allowed it to be legal before. You know, the, the real opportunity here for the state, if you're going to uh, be legalizing something, is to that the rest, that the community, that the society needs to get something as a benefit from it. Uh, and I think that it's perfectly fair to tax it. And I just did it at the sales tax rate so far. You know, it's open for discussion. I leave it to the committee to determine where they want to send it. But would you support legalizing it without a tax? No, there's no point. No, absolutely not. This is all about revenue. Okay, so not about freedom of choice or what to put in your own body. Revenue is your primary That's the goal. primary goal. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm a libertarian on those issues, and I don't think it's in uh, the government's right to tell me that I can or cannot grow a plant. What would you say to someone who says, well, this is a back doorway to legalize all drugs? That's not my intent. 